0: Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast, I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life and now I'm in tech and let's get to it.
1: We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology, monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org.
0: Hey you it's Elise Robinson with the Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. And today I have Andre. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you started and where you ended up at now.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Andre Aparicio. Where did I start? Um, From the very bottom. um, I started actually twice. I started in my community. um, And then I started actually when I was released back into my community when I came home from prison. Um, I knew there was two things that I realized in prison. One was that I wasn't coming back there. And two was that I didn't like people telling me what to do. So I knew that I wanted to make sure that even if I had a job, it wasn't one of those where it was going to be on my back telling me what to do. I wanted to have uh, a lot of freedom with that. Um, but, of course, with those types of opportunities, a lot of buildup comes before that. There's a lot of things you got to do before you can just sit here and demand to not have nobody on your back. People got to know that you know what you're doing. Um, and also you got to make sure that, you know, you have the same way that individuals have paper trails for so many other things that you have these things following you saying, this is what you do. This is what you specify. In. Um, so right now I am a consultant. I do a lot of work for, um, different organizations, um, that deal with our youth, that deal with the justice system, um, that deals with, um, uh, just overall education, everyday um, type education. Uh, I just uh, recently got proposals accepted to do um, a program that I put together that's to teach uh, our youth about the laws regarding our minors with working labor laws. Um, and, you know, so that's some of the things that I do. Um, I try to find a way to get in between what's going on. Um, A lot of the things that's going on now are not new. They're not going to be under the sun. So if you want to actually get into some of these fields that you're looking into, you want to try to bring something to the table, especially as a consultant piece. Um, A lot of individuals have already done numerous professional developments and all of those other things. So you're going to have to come with something different. Um, And a lot of the times what I find is that I just make it relatable. Um, what's gotten me here is just not straying too far from, uh, um, what got me in prison. And that was ideally just being around the community, except focusing the energy on other things. Um, and, and it's worked, it's worked to perfection. Um, so, you know, that's what, uh, I I think transferable skills got me here. (laughs) Um, if I can kind of like try to pinpoint it, um, and because a lot of the things that I was doing previously before my incarceration, I'm still doing now. I'm still taking charge. I'm still speaking. I'm still, you know, um, uh, litigating and, and dishing out work and all, all of those things, um, except on, on a brighter note. So, you know, um, if I had to say what got me here, it's definitely the transferable skills. It's definitely the fact that, like I said, I didn't want to go back to prison. And it's definitely the fact that I wanted my own time. I wanted to be the master of my own time.
0: Amen to that. <laughs> uh, here's a fun one. What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: A basketball player, a basketball player. That was now- literally, I was so serious. I would go to, I would wake up before school, go and practice before school, come home, shower, <laughs> eat, go, go to school playing basketball and, um, certain things just died out, (laughs) but yeah, that was my goal. I wanted to be a basketball player, um, for quite some time. Uh, I never really had any other aspirations to do anything else. Um, I knew my father, he did floors. So I knew he was like the, the floor man. Everybody called him, you know, big out the floor, man. He did a lot of sanding floors. He did a lot of painting and stuff like that. So when I was younger, he took me on those job opportunities. And it was then I knew I didn't want to do that. So that was a good uh, opportunity for me. Um, don't get me wrong. I watched him make great money, um, but it just wasn't something that I was interested in. Um, and even when he trained me, I was really good at it. Um, and I think that just because I wanted to get it done and over with. And um, I think that's when I decided really I like jobs like how my father had, where it was, hey, we want you to come do this floor. He did the floor and he went about his business. You know, I didn't want to I didn't feel the need to work nine to five. So like let me go in there and knock this whole thing out on a day, take all his money home and worry about the next opportunity when it comes. And, um, you know, so once I started working nine to five, to be honest with you, it was like, whoa, I'm doing all of this for this. And I watched my father work from seven in the morning to two in the afternoon and make $1,400. You know, and here I ended up working for, at that time, I think it was like $10 an hour. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of things, you know, just, just came into play with that, but. Yeah, that's what I wanted to be a basketball player. And if I had to like really think about something secondary, I probably would have been a floorman only because I knew how to do it.
0: <laughs> right, right. But I'm pretty sure your father did not start out making fourteen hundred dollars. So you gotta, uh, um, you gotta remember that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, in, in that piece too you know in that piece too like, and that's why i was his helper you know like he was the main floorman if you know about floors he was the main floorman that had the big sanding machine and i watched him bring what they call edges and those are the individuals that usually did along the walls with the smaller edges and they actually um you know kind of did like the finish work as far as um putting poly on the floor and stuff like that but I watched them even make like 250 in a day. And to me, I was like, whoa, they're making some money, you know, because I'm like, they didn't, they're not even working as hard. And that's what I seen. I seen them not working as hard. I seen them working together. And I seen that, you know, you can make a, a lot of money doing something um, that you enjoy. And that was my father. He enjoyed his job. He um the same way he could have easily just went home after two o'clock, guess what? He was going to go do a no whole other job until the evening time, you know, he, it wasn't work to him. He got up, he did floors. It just happened to be a a opportunity where he made a lot of money.
0: Yeah, no, my mother was a clerk for the government. My father was a janitor for the government. Mm -hmm. So for me to, you know, be an auditor and be in tech and things like that is, is crazy. But my, my mother always ingrained in me and my sister, um, you know, don't go click clacking on them keys, which I I do anyway, all freaking day long. (laughs) Because my mom had real bad, you know, uh, carpal tunnel and arthritis in her Mm -hmm. hands and stuff like that. She was like, I don't want you click clacking on them
1: keys.
0: (laughs) Um, But uh, but yeah, like, you know, I I guess I followed in my parents' footsteps with government stuff. I just didn't do the same stuff they did. They was like, make sure you don't use your body. You know, Mm. to to do work and stuff like that, because you'll be done and out by the time you're 40 years old. And I mean, most people ain't retiring at 40, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so, yeah, no, I I, I, make No mistake about
1: it. My father's body is in shambles from doing that hardcore. Exactly. Exactly. No mistake about it. Um, he has all types of nerve issues because what he didn't know was running that machine on the bare floor, the vibration from the machines went up his hands. And so he had like carpal tunnel and arthritis that run down his arms and stuff like that. You know, a lot of these things you don't really look at because you're looking at the money aspect and all these other things. And that's why, you know, I do the work that I do, because I feel like um, it helps puts me in a position to one, like I said, be the master of my time Two um um be able to be at home and in peace, um, you know, strategizing. And three, um not actually doing physical labor. That's never actually been my thing. Yes, I can do it. Yes, I'll do it. But it's like it's never been one of those things where I'm like, I'm okay with doing this. I'm not. Um, I know that there are so many different things. And and I'll tell you one of the main reasons that stem from that When I came home, I was in the outpatient treatment program. And after I was done completing like the anger management and substance abuse, they're supposed to help me with employment. Um, So I was already working, but they was like, go there so you can get a scholarship because we want you to be a counselor. Since you've been in this program, like when you speak in the groups people listen. You know what I mean? You seem to know what to say. You seem to motivate the others. So, you know, we think you should be a counselor. And as many people have told me before that, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to go. And when I went to this um, space to go for the scholarship, my counselor at that time was supposed to be my AXIS VR counselor, who's supposed to pay for like the scholarship. They just kind of like evaluate you um, and you go from there. And he said, I think you'll be better off working with your hands. And I was like, What? And I mean, I don't know how far this podcast goes, but he was white. I was young and black coming home from jail and it didn't sit right with me at all. Um, And I told him, you know, some words and I left. And when I went back to the program, surprisingly, well, to me, they had my back. They filed like a grievance on my behalf. They like, you know, he had to go through a whole process of being investigated, which of course he lied again, you know, but they were just like, we just don't see how we've never discussed construction with him. He goes all the way to you for the first time seeing you. And he says that he wants to do construction, (laughs) you know, like it just doesn't seem logical. But he stuck with it. Um and that kind of really kind of pushed me into doing when I went into school for the drug counseling. Um and I went from there. Um that was really like my back door to doing everything that I was doing. Um all of these things aligned for me, uh, from the individuals that I met to the people, places and things where all of these things connected to, you know, to where I am today, to where I, you know, I'm only a few signatures away from my actual drug license, I just have to fill out the applications and be done with it and send in a file. I have everything. I passed the state exam. I have the 6,000 hours and all of this other stuff, you know, so it's like, great. And then me knowing the facts that I know about drugs and how they correlate to crime, and how our youth are, you know, the between the ages of 14 and 16 in America, there's two things that happen with our youth. One, they usually try their first drink or drug of choice, and two, they usually commit their first crime. Um, and all of those are a lot of the times tied to alcohol, because that's one of the first things that individuals usually try. Um, even though they say that marijuana is a gateway drug, um, alcohol is more accessible and more able to cover. So individuals usually go for alcohol instead of having that smoke Um, But unfortunately, 40% of the violent crimes uh, committed were under the influence of alcohol. Um, and so, you know, all of these things tie in together, which is why I wanted to, to create my own program and where it can be relatable without you, but I can actually speak about what's going on with this drug use and how these things tie together and just make the correlation when you have more liquor stores than community program places is probably going to be more crime. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and that's what I get to do. And I, that's why I love the freedom of what I do. Um, you know, I stand on everything that I stand on. I don't have to, uh, um, really look to any organization to kind of like hush me or anything like that I operate solo if I'm not feeling something I'm going to say it I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to get into spaces where I'm going to be heard and and make some changes so you know things like that motivate me um and and seeing others thrive motivate me as well you know so um and that's why I kind of like do a lot of work with just helping individuals that are entrepreneurs that do want to get in different spaces. I'm not charging you $2.97 for a, $2.97. For a whole Google document that was stolen <laughs> off of Google, you know, like I, I'm putting your head on it. I'm not going to charge you the 297 and slash it from the 497. I'm not going to do that. No, you come on over here and get this information and make sure that you pay it forward. Like, that's the ideal thing for me.
0: Hi, Miss. Uh, that's hilarious because I, I, char- I charge I charge ninety nine dollars for a whole year for a whole bunch of
1: resources. Exactly, you know. At least you're giving some actual resources to but pay. See, too- I
0: got I got real testimonials and people a- exactly. And I stuff, mean,
1: i two ninety seven, and you know, only-
0: I need to up my prices. Shoot, that's, that's, it. It. Shoot, they
1: that's,
0: it, that's me- what they most- Make it like shoot. Yeah. My shit, my stuff is cheap, cheap, cheap.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: But no, going back to the 14 to 16, I'm thinking back when I was that age. And yeah, I tried my first drink when I was 16. (laughs) And I got, you know, I didn't know my limit. So, you know, I'm in there just, I'm toe up. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm toe up. I didn't like the feeling though. So I didn't drink again until I was like my late 20s. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. like I I didn't like it. But uh, now, uh, shoot, I I just threw a wine bottle away today. (laughs) I got I got aches. I got hurt. I call them hurts. That's what I call them, I call them hurts. <laughs>
1: I mean, listen, you're able to control it better. And that's all I want individuals to understand. We can't possibly be putting all of this stuff here. We have all these statistics. We know that, you know, on top of all of these other things. And then we mentioned the fact that an individual's brain doesn't fully develop to 23, 24 years old. And still we we try to hold our our youth at full, you know, responsibility. Like, it just doesn't make any sense because we're not doing anything to help prevent it. You know, so you know, just really coming to to that understanding um, and, and putting that information out there. You know, just little things like that. Like, like I said, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy being for the people, speaking for the people, and watching everybody thrive.
0: So oh, definitely, because I'm thinking back to when I was like maybe nine, ten, tenish around that age, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do it like every year um, in my hometown. I'm originally from Sacramento, California, Sac Town.
1: So and
0: yeah, during, during the summer, they used to have these programs in my grandma's neighborhood. And, you know, my mom would sign us up for it and stuff. Me and my sister, and we would get free food and they would do activities with us. And they had games out there at, at the mm-hmm. park, like literally up the street. And I don't know if they do that anymore. Like, honestly, um, and then somebody was telling me about ROP the other day. We were having a conversation about ROP. I was like, you know what? I remember ROP and they were telling me they have uh software engineering and stuff now. And I'm like, yeah, like they have medical assistant and I-, I forget what else they had when I was a kid, but I was like, Oh, they have you know tech stuff now, which is crazy. Um, so um, I mean, I, I don't know if they still have all that stuff anymore. I mean, don't uh what is it called? Um not AmeriCorps, uh, Job Corps. Job Corps. Um, I just, I don't know. Do kids yeah, even know about this stuff programs, anymore? Yeah,
1: a lot of these programs aren't there, and if they are, they're not making the same impact. Yeah. They're yeah. down. Um, and they also, like, minimize the amount of kids that can participate. Right. So that's another right. issue, because now it becomes a, a grab, you know, <laughs> and everybody knows, you know, historically those that have less usually get less yeah. so you know and, and, and that's where you know we stand with that but you know they don't they don't have a lot of those programs that we have they don't like I was telling them in my neighborhood the high school after hours was an open gym mm-hmm. going there play ball we wouldn't have to be outside they had security so you know they could watch all the other stuff and from six to I think 9 you know, by that time, you ain't going to want to hang out in the streets if you just play ball for three and a half I'm hours. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know, like, that's what we did. We went to go get Chinese food. People took a shower and went to sleep. But now, you know, they don't have those things that's out there. And I actually sat in on a meeting one day, and the dude was like, you know, someone was screaming about rec centers. And I'm like, this is not 1969. We do not need to open up a rec center. You know, when we have all of these buildings that are right here. You know, we have legit schools that are rec centers. Uh,
0: abandoned buildings at that. <laughs> you
1: no, know, and the dude is like, oh, this, and we can't afford to pay the security guards extra to there. I said, well, listen. It's either you're going to pay for these kids and they're deaf or you're going to pay for them while they're here. But either way, you're going to pay. It just depends on what you guys want to pay. And, you know, some lady was like, and the whole room got quiet. And I'm like, I would love to sit here and kick it with y'all and pretend like it's not that serious. But it is. And we've seen this, you know, and things only get worse as things are getting tougher, especially during the COVID and all of those other things. The, The economical impact in my community was crazy. You know, like, absolutely. And you know, wherever there's poverty, there's crime. Yeah. It just goes hand in hand. So, you know, when they're talking about all these things that are up and crime is up, and they're blaming it on, you know, bail reform and stuff like that. Like, nah, let's stick to the facts here. Crime is up because people are out here starving and trying to make a way and trying to figure out a way and, and, and they can't. So, you know, and that's why a lot of different opportunities that I have with, organizations, I try to, you know, they they know what they're calling me before, but I also try to leave a little extra and try to leave a little a spark, I like to say, you know, so maybe you can do this to improve what you're doing, you know, and try to get them to reach out even more and go a lot further, because a lot of these organizations are established that I work with. Um, their problem is they're just not really good with strategizing with certain things. Um, And I think that just boils down to individuals not understanding that sometimes you do need an individual lived experience to be a part of your program. No, they're not going to come with like master's degrees or doctorates and all of these other things. But that doesn't mean that the information is not valid as well. You know, and so I try to make sure that I help people understand that. Uh, 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 a bridge ain't nothing but a ladder that's laid down. We have to all, you know, get across this. You know what I mean? And we got to take this step by step, you know, and, and and do this the right way.
0: Definitely. There was a post on Twitter today that I read, funny enough, and they were saying how um, they were trying to get into a program for, uh, not a program, they were trying to like teach at a program for incarcerated individuals and you know they have been incarcerated and um they they didn't get their application looked at and you know like they had the experience and all the other kind of stuff who who would be better than to talk about incarcerated stuff than somebody that's been incarcerated right mm-hmm. and you know of course they got filtered out because of their record and he said that an apprenticeship didn't ask the question about his record or anything like that. So he went into uh you know um, oh, construction, construction, and you know it, it just hurt his it hurt his soul and stuff because he really wanted that job and stuff and he was a perfect fit, but uh, you know due to the record it, it caused problems. So I guess my question is, you know, how have you been able to navigate this stuff? You know, not having the degrees, not having certifications and, you know, having the record? Have you had to, you know, stumble some heads? I mean, what was your process?
1: I mean, for me, (laughs) uh, having my felonies and my GEDs and a few certifications, um, what really helped me out was my network. It's not what you know is who you know in a lot of those cases. I was able to navigate certain situations because of who I knew. Um, One of the main parole she was the supervisor of gang parole when I first came home she was the first person that I met um talking kind of crazy but because of who I was on paper I could understand her approach you know what I mean I was just coming home individuals that were a part of the same gang as me that had came home had went right back for even worse crimes so they were pretty much like look you ain't about to continue this stuff that's going on here you know um but she ended up being one of the biggest helpers and supporters down to sending my children baby shower gifts. You know, like we've gotten that close. Um, She's written plenty of character reference letters for me, allowed me to run gang groups inside the parole building. I opened up a library slash bookstore in the parole building where I gave out books for free. And we gave out over 300 books for a program that they told us that probably wouldn't even work because none of the individuals would want to take a book. Yet I got over 300 signatures on paper of books being taken out, you know? So um, for me, it was definitely about who I knew. And it also was about the timing, I would say. Um, A lot of people complain from the outside. Um, Sometimes you gotta go to those meetings. There are a lot of community meetings that you can put yourself in that, once enough people see you there, they'll be like, I remember him from this. Let's bring him over here, let's do that. Um, I tell people all the time, I've had the biggest opportunities come from when I volunteered at certain places. When you go to volunteer events and you meet other volunteers, they're usually people of your stature, to be honest with you. Very rare, you know, individuals, you know, just stumbling off of somewhere. They're usually individuals that can help you in some way, Um, especially depending on the cause. You know, people usually come together for certain things. I know that I did an event with the... Um, I did a podcast with the individual and come to find out he was the uh, for, he was the area bid, like he was the business director for all of the businesses in that area. And he literally had like the keys to the vacant businesses in that area and stuff like that. Had no idea who that was. I, I just heard he had told me that he wanted to do a volunteer event and they give out turkeys and he needed volunteers. And I called my tribe and we pulled up and we did that. And come after we sit down with him, we realize this man is literally like the key to the city. Now, if I ever need to do an event, I can literally call him. I don't have to pay for a space. He's just giving me the keys to a space. He connected me with so many different other individuals, so many different schools he connected me with. He connected me with an individual that was one of the union reps for the Board of Education, the teachers for the, um, the union. And, you know, that individual connected me with so many different schools that I spoke at and stuff like that. So, you know, I will definitely tell you that it can network. I'll definitely tell you um, that volunteering helped me get to those spaces. And also I remember a counselor telling me, you're doing good, but make sure that your passion and your skill set align. Perfecting your craft. If you look at my resume, you'll see at least something a year barring last year Um, where I took a course in my field, a certification course, whether it be eight hours, 16 hours a week. I'm always trying to refresh and see what's going on and make sure that I'm not just out here with my feelings because feelings aren't facts. I need to go out there with the facts. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing that and getting the facts and figuring out what's going on um, and, and just really doing my own research and not even knowing that that's the whole job in itself. You know, here I am doing research so that I can just talk to people. And people are telling me like, yo, you know the type of research that you do, people get paid for that. Like you literally research everything from a a household in Louisiana, from from the income to the education, to the health, to the maternity health, and put it in a document. Do you know somebody would buy that from you? You know, so it was like, wow like when you think you're just doing something you know just for the cause so many other things open up so I encourage individuals to definitely volunteer um a lot of connections I made was at career days to be honest with you people would hear my story at a career day you know usually going in a room with three other individuals and you're talking and afterwards they pull me to the side like you know I need you you should speak here and you should speak there you should do that so you know um that in podcasts like this, you never know who's saying that. I'll tell you this. The first time I ever spoke in public was at a church and there was seven people there and five people were my family members. And it was one person. And then there was a lady that worked at probation and that lady at probation, because it was an event that the church put on. And that lady that worked for that probation opened up the biggest doors. I spoke at probation twice and I was able to speak at because probation was like, we heard you speak. I mean, parole was like, we heard you speaking at probation. Why you ain't tell us you speak? And it just opened up the doors. And it went from speaking at probation to those kids to me having three offices in the parole building while still on parole.
0: Nah, for real though, you got me laughing because my first event that I did in 2021, if if y'all don't know, I do. I do monthly seminars usually. I'm not having one this month because I'm I'm doing a big one next month. I'm hoping and praying, um, which is from zero to a hundred thousand. Actually, this won't be aired. This won't be aired <laughs> during that time, but I'll talk about it anyways. From zero to a hundred thousand in a government job. That's That's one of my seminars that I'm doing. And My uh, very first seminar that I did, I didn't even do it. I got scared. I was like, I got the bubble guts. (laughs) I'm not going to do it this month. And I delayed it. It was May 2021. I was supposed to do it. And I delayed it to June 2021. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it this time, right? Because I came across this Black man. And he was like, even if you have one person show up, go ahead and do it anyway. So my first seminar, I didn't really market that well, I'll be honest. And uh, two people showed up. And you know, I did a live resume review, I think that I think it was, because I do live resume reviews and live LinkedIn reviews. I'll always keep those for free. Mm-hmm. And um one of the people ended up laughing at me at the end because I was like, Yeah, I have two people, I didn't really market it well and stuff, and they laughed at me and <laughs> <you know. laughs> But then that grew to, you know, 55 people and, you know, whatever. So, you know, it is what it is. But you're right. Consistency is key. You know, going out, volunteering and, and, you know, just, I mean, just being there. A lot of times you ain't got to talk because somebody's going to come up to you and be like, hey, who are you? (laughs) Why are you here?
1: (laughs) I mean, ideally you want to hang around your future. You know, they told me if you hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So I always wanted to make sure that the things that I was doing, I was hanging around people that's already doing it. It don't make no sense me chilling with my pops and he doing floors and I'm trying to do this, to be honest with you. And that's what I did. When I said I wanted to do my nonprofit, my whole phone book was full of people with nonprofits. When I said I wanted to get into this stuff, uh, my whole phone book. And then I looked down, I got such a diverse phone book of just different connections, Um, because you don't just want one person in the field, you want to make sure that you connect with a bunch of different people, get a bunch of different views. Um, You know, a lot of the times with the work that I do with like proposals and stuff like that for speaking engagements, you know, just making sure that I know how to approach, knowing who you're approaching, knowing um, that. um, I tell you one thing, I go as far as sometimes when I'm doing speaking engagements, I ask for the guest list. And I tell them that I want to give a gift, which I do. I usually give like some wristbands, but my purpose is to get the guest list so I can look up those names and figure out what they do, see who I want to connect with and cater my speech to that. And it's worked like a charm, you know, so, you know, it's about being intentional um, and strategic and, you know, having a, a plan, you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And you'll see it a lot of times. A lot of people are just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this," and then it's like, "Well, what's the plan?" It's like, "Well, I'm just gonna let it flow." Right, right. This is not a let it flow world. I don't know who's selling these dreams. Probably the same people selling it for two ninety seven, but this is not it. <laughs> this is not a let it flow world. We need to make sure that uh, we understand that we got to be strategic. Um, everybody that has been strategic and operating from a strategic standpoint are successful. So why would you think you could just let it flow? Um, you know, it's 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 about finding that balance. Uh, you know, you don't have to be like the next person, but there are some foundations to success. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, and, and please don't be afraid to spend money to make money. Um, marketing is super duper key. Um, and if you're having issues with that, like I always tell people as a networker, you know, I just network with some individuals that are good with marketing. You know, and they generally help me with that. And then they're like, "Well, Dre, you help you're good with this, and we barter services. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, bartering services. Uh, uh, you know, at least we didn't you didn't help me out with my organization stuff, <laughs> like yo, I hey." Sure did.
0: You're so right. I help. I help you find your number problem. Yeah, like I told (laughs) you, I'm like,
1: yo, they want like a thousand dollars. You was like, look, send me this, and we can make this happen. You know, like, and, and and people don't even know that, like. That's how deep it is, man. And, and that's why it's it's important to have like-minded individuals. Cause me and her, we bump off information and, and thoughts and ideas all the time. You know what I mean? She'll tell me that's some right.
0: stuff. Right. I totally, I forgot. It. That's totally what forgot. I totally mean? forgot.
1: I think she should do it. You know, because I'm forever grateful for her doing that for me. Um, Look
0: at you now. I totally forgot. Yeah, I didn't say in the beginning that we knew each other, but we shoot, we go what, five years back? Like at this
1: point. (laughs) No, so it's like, you know, just making sure that you have individuals that their goals are set like that because I don't know how old everybody else is, but I ain't getting no younger, no matter what my age is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like trying to I'm not trying to get older and have to work twice as hard as when I was when I was younger. That's not gonna happen. That's not what I'm looking to do. Um, I'm looking to invest in myself, invest in the team, and then invest in the goals. So when I invest in myself, um I'm not worried about because people always talk about when I get to the team part. When I invest in myself, I'm so invested in myself that I know the team that I'm building. Um, This isn't some team that I'm just pulling out of thin air. This is a team that's coming from when I was invested in myself and making sure that I'm keeping the right individuals around me. Because that's a part of investing in yourself, making sure that you're not just having anybody just pour into you. You know, like I tell everybody all the time, our body is like nothing but a whole bunch of pores, you know, like there's so many ways to get into the human body. Um, just think about that from a mindset standpoint. Um, there's so many different holes that misinformation can get into your mind. There's so many different ways. There's so much ways of inf- misinformation, you know, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, all it. I see some people post stuff, put statistic numbers on it, and people believe it. <laughs> like, this This is a strange time. I'm not going to lie. You know, people just be like, hey, you know, uh, 98% of the people in Houston listen to Elise. You know, like, <laughs> damn, that's crazy. Like, but it, it, it really be like that. So you gotta be, I tell people all the time, selling um, um, common sense is at an all time high. Be be careful. People are selling common sense out here. If you just took two seconds, you could have saved yourself that two ninety seven. I'm gonna stay on that two ninety seven. <laughs> you know, Look, but, um...
0: <laughs> there was I sent my sister something today. It was a. It was. I think he was like nineteen or something, and he was kissing up on his old woman, right? And so I didn't do no research about it. I just said to my sister, I was "Like, look at this, right? <laughs> She's talking about that, he they uh was on TikTok playing around. That's his grandma. I'm like, see, see, <laughs> see, but uh, you so yeah, right. You so like, it's,
1: right. It's, it's at an all time high, and and." it's nobody's fault it's just how it is um you know like I'll tell my pops I'm like damn you must have been a pirate bro you was really driving from Queens to Brooklyn with no map that's crazy to me you know like oh like, well, like, you,
0: I mean well you you ain't that much younger than me but I mean you know back in the day we used to print out the uh the instructions the on MapQuest. Map quest. <laughs> quest
1: but he never when I was younger he would never do that he would just know these streets. And I'm like, yo, this dude So that when I was up there last time, I'm driving. I put the GPS in to go to my art house. And he's like, boy, you don't know where your art house is? I'm like, yes, I know where my art house is, old man. I said, but this helps me in case there is traffic in the way that I go. I can go the other way. Then he sat back and was like, hmm, I should start using the GPS. I'm like, you should. You <laughs> know? So it's it's, it's 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 coming back around. It's coming back around, man, but you know, all in all though, you want to make sure that um, you know, uh, uh you you're, you're putting in a destination with anything that you're doing. Um I find a lot of people are just like, you know, hopping on that maps and just trying to get to uh Hawaii so to speak, but if you ain't putting no exact, you know, location, it's going to be really difficult for them to calculate that. And so, you know, when you have the exact destination that you're looking for, you're able to calculate it better. Um, And I believe that the journey is able to be better because um, let me tell you, obstacles aren't optional. So you better, you know, tie that into the journey that there will be some obstacles. Um, It will get rocky, you know, and how you respond to that. uh, Respond versus react, you know, because first, a lot of times we react first and that ain't exactly the best thing. Um, that we do when we react, but how you respond to what's going on is going to be key to how you, um, you know, excel and how you grow. I always tell people, if you are sitting here and you're the CEO of your business, but you have so many things on your mind and it's so distracted, how could you really run a successful business? You know, so taking care of self. Um, I went to a meeting when I did the proposal for the library. And what I found interesting was at the staff meeting, it was in, they were welcoming new individuals that was coming on staff. And she said, here, you take care of yourself first, you take care of your family, and then you take care of your job. Those two things come before this job. Because if we know that if there's something going on with either or, you probably won't be great at your job. Here we try to make sure that we're all doing a great at our job. And I found that very interesting. I've never heard a company say some shit like that. I was like, whoa, like, what do you mean? Yourself and then your family. But I, nice. <laughs> yeah. but I understand. So but I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow. And you know, and you know me, I went and asked like, well. How does it go? And they literally have like damn near unlimited days off and how to, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really interesting because of the work that they do in their department. They're able to gain a lot of hours, they're able to take off, you know, and she just said, you know, just to make sure when you have projects coming up that you don't just leave the team hanging and everything is everything, you know? And just speaking to some of the individuals that have been there for years, they're like, yo, it's a smooth job. You know, it don't feel like a job when you don't feel the force. They don't have a nine to five. They don't have to wake up every day, every time they work at that nine to five. Set your schedule for the work you gotta do. You know, and I think that, that stuff like that is important. You know what I mean? It starts to give an individual that space and that freedom. So, you know, if you don't have that, you wanna try to create some time for that for yourself. Um, it's very, very important man. I always tell people you will not be successful on a clouded mind, no matter what they say. you know. Yeah, people do come from the struggle and stuff, but um, there's a part of that struggle where you have an understanding that things are going to get better. Um, not many people are successful when they're like, man, I ain't never going to get out of this. No, when you start talking different, when you start thinking different, you start moving different. Um, and that's kind of how, you know, a lot of these things transpire. So, you know, like I said, Um, Be ready for whatever that comes at you. Um, Build your network. Focus on self. um, Focus on uh, on your goals. Um, Write those things down. Do vision boards. Speak to individuals. Get an accountability partner. Read a damn book. Read a book watch youtube i don't care listen to a book something you know you have all of this time and so much time that people spend on the internet and all of these other things looking at 19 year olds marry their grandma you know like we got to figure out you know that there's some actual truth.
0: sunday hey I, I did i look look i passed my my class today with an a so I'm gonna look at whatever I want to look at today.
1: That's okay? it. Because <laughs> she already did the work. That's what I want you to do. Once you yeah, do,
0: I already do. did my work. I woke up at like six o'clock this morning. Was yeah. like, let me finish my class so I could be free yeah. the rest of the day. That's and it. we and... talk about self care. I give me a massage every week because that's my self care. I will eat me some beans and rice, but <laughs> I will have my massage every day. <laughs> That's massage Look, in Spanish.
1: <laughs> and, and that's the dope part about it. I ain't asking you. I'm, I'm just trying to get to where you at. I need that right now. I need me a massage. And I, got my,
0: I had to take my vision board down because it was right here in the corner. I had to take mm-hmm. it down because I didn't want nobody to see it.
1: But hey, my vision uh, just-
0: board is over here. And I'm trying to think how many things did I cross off last year? Because I crossed off one... I think I might have crossed off like two or three things last year. So, and one was major, one was real major. So, so yeah, so yeah, I'm so I'm I'm proud of myself. So, I got a whole bunch of other stuff on here, which I'm just like at this point, I'm like, uh, do I really want to do it? But it's on there. <laughs> but uh, I guess this would be a last question because uh, you you kind of went through most of the questions already. Um, I guess. You know, were you always this way? Were you 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 thought that you were gonna be a you know a public speaker, a writer and, and all this other kind of stuff? Like were you always out here, you know, counseling people? <laughs> Let me say that.
1: I will say this, I always was the one that was the leader, even when I like gangbang and ran the street. I was one of the top dogs, so I was always able to delegate certain things, and this is what it was. And then um, at the height of the gang era, when everybody was just beefing literally over colors, I was seen as the liberal one. And like, yo, he would hang out with you know opposite gang members and stuff like that, because I really didn't care anything about that. I was about my money. I didn't care what color flag you had, because money was green, and we didn't, both didn't wear green, so it didn't matter to me. Um, And I kind of took those things and it evolved. Um, And like I said, how everything was connected. I actually, at one point in prison, ended up in a drug house where they was actually doing programming. Um, And the interesting part about that was I was placed there because I came out the box and they were saying, you know, you can just chill here. It's a drug program house. It's not a lot of gangbanging stuff. Just relax here until we figure out what's, what's what. And what I found interesting is in that dorm, there was about 47 beds, probably about 40 people in the dorm and probably over 30 of them would get up every morning around nine o'clock doing nine o'clock morning meeting from like nine to 11. Then they'll take a break. They'll have lunch after that. They'll come back for another meeting from like one to three. And it was one helping with their cases, but two, it was also helping bring it up the day and being in prison doing nothing. Um, so I mean when I prison, it was jail at the time and it, you know the difference between jail and prison and prison you can move around a lot more you could do a lot more stuff because you have your time and whatever in jail it's just holding you so a lot of the time you're spending it just in the dorm you know like so it was something to get up and do and as I started to get up and participate because I'm like I might as well break up the day before I knew it before I even left that dorm I was actually running the morning meetings so I would have to wake up early and get the newspaper and figure out a topic for the day. Um, I would try to figure out a song that everybody would know. Um, I would try to figure out something that happened have to do with substance use. So usually it was like a drunk driver or something like that And an article and I'll read it and get their opinions. And then lo and behold, I go say I do my time, I come home, I go to this outpatient drug program, I meet a counselor that did 25 years and was working on her third master's degree. And she's telling me that, you know, you will be a great counselor because of how you speak. And my boys on the street, like, have you always been like our counselor and stuff like that? And then the stuff that I do now is exactly what I was doing in prison those years ago. You know, except I have more resources and I have more flexibility, but I still run groups. I still, you know, help um, put things together. I still got to look and see what's going on with different topics and how I can incorporate it and what's going on with the groups and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, I didn't plan on doing any of this until um, I started really looking at, you know, what would give me the best opportunity for one to have the freedom that I want. Um, To make the money that I want. And three, my main thing was traveling. Um, I never got to travel much. I met a bunch of individuals that was incarcerated for one individual for almost 43 years when I met him. And he probably still isn't home, you know, um, if he's still alive. And he literally was like, man, when you go out there, just travel for me. You don't have to write me no nothing. I just know that, you know, in here you've been a man about your word. So I know when you go home, you're going to hit the streets. street. you going to, you know, when you get yourself together, you're going to start traveling. And, um, you know, and that's what I did. I started to travel. And just like I told you about the volunteer piece, I said, you know what? I'm going to do a dual purpose. So my best friend worked for American Airlines. So I was able to fly domestically for free. So I would choose the city I was going to fly to the day before. Um, I would call them and let them know that I am a person that was formerly incarcerated and i like to speak. And I will volunteer to speak for free at the space um, if they had the availability um, while I was there. Um, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. They would say, you know, they need a little bit more clearance depending on the facility. But, um, you know, it got me into different speaking engagements in different cities. And I was able to be like, hey, I just came out here to speak to you out you know, into chill. And it was true. You know, I wanted to make sure and doing all that volunteering connected me to man, a lot of different things. Like I always tell people um, they don't see opportunities because there's not a, a check connected to the end of it. Um, but I always tell people, yet, you know, uh, you take care of the people, the people are going to take care of you. Um, I went from, um, and I'm actually looking to put something together. I was just talking to my boy about it. I call it from bookings to bookings. With helping people get booked for different speaking engagements. Um, when I was in bookings that took me to Rikers Island, I was like, damn, you know, how did I get to this destination? And then I figured it out, you know, running the streets, doing criminal activity, all those other things. And then now to going and putting a proposal together the night before and sitting in a meeting for 10 minutes and they like agreeing to, you know, multiple libraries with a $4,000 contract at the end. And we're talking 10 hours of work. You know, so it's like, if you want to look at it from the money aspect, hey, that's dope too. But I'm still looking at it from what I look at it from, the impact aspect. And I led with wanting to make that impact. And then the money is just attached with it, you know? So um, don't be uh, um, scared to step out there. I had a conversation with my friend and he was talking about some of the things he, don't, he wants to do, but he hasn't done because he's scared of failing. And I asked him, have you ever failed before? And he said, Yeah. And I'm like, well, ain't you, ain't you still here? You know, so like, you know, just putting these pieces together and, and just enjoying, you know, being able to speak those things into people and, and help them, you know, because I always felt like they always gave us half the battle when I was younger. Um, they would say, you know, tell me what you want to be. Uh, I want to be a basketball player. And they walked away. And that's only half the battle. You could be anything you want to be when work for it. That's the part I think they left out. A lot of people, they were just like, you could be anything you want to be. Well, what do you want to be? Yeah, unless you work for it, you just can't be anything you want to be. You know what I mean? You got to be real with what's going on here. And sometimes you might have to talk a person out of what they think they want to be, you know? Um, and so, you know, that just falls into a whole bunch of other different things. But, you know, all in all, um, I would encourage you to uh, learn more. I encourage you to connect more. I encourage individuals to, um, if you can't speak more, find somebody that you're comfortable speaking for you. Um, people sit here and pretend like it's like, you know, something that's unheard of, but what do you think an outreach worker is? <laughs> that's somebody speaking for the company, um, you know, and, and, and just looking at it from that perspective, you may need to hire some help, you know, um, and it might cost you now but in the long run if somebody's doing something that could be really really beneficial for you that you're not comfortable doing and they're great at it it sounds like how it's going it's gonna work out to me um, a lot of these major companies pretty much all these major companies always collaborate with so many other different things and even individual contractors to keep these wheels turning don't think you so special you want to keep these wheels turning uh, make sure that you connect and connect and connect some more
0: definitely to <laughs> hurt somebody I don't want to fail you gonna fail
1: <laughs> I'm scared to fail I was like
0: you yeah, you gonna fail and I mean so what if you do it's like okay <laughs> yeah, listen,
1: <laughs>
0: don't man. don't get me started on my, on my on my well I guess my first major failure I invested so much time and and money into it and, and funny enough I was thinking about restarting it especially since the world reopened back up but uh be a foreigner was my, was my thing. I worked, what, a whole year on that, and then I had to scrap it, because COVID hit, because was nobody moving, and, you know, I just started to make a little bit of change, and next thing you know, bloop, there it goes down the drain. I'm like, mm, maybe I should bring it back, especially now that we have all these tools and stuff now, and I could maybe turn it into, like, a paid newsletter, but mm-hmm. um, I guess I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with your topics? Because, see, I be wanting to say stuff. I got all these stories, and it's just like, okay, like, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I do know what to say, but I'm like, is people going to want to hear
1: it? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I really don't know. People ask me that all the time. I really don't know. I think it's because in my past life, I was a battle rapper, so I just be trying to, like, spit some bars and stuff, but I just really don't. I Honestly, um I've always been one of those individuals to just say like a lot of slick stuff. I think it's just part of my personality. Like the proposal that I did for the library about the labor laws, I call it, can they do that? And they loved the title just over it. was like, and it's, can they do that? Yeah. Can they do that? Literally. and And I put to the side in quotations, a deep conversation about child labor laws and they were like, whoa you know so it's, can they do that it's just half the banner, you know what i mean so once i brought it together they was like and then they just read like the first part of it and was like let's get these dates going let's do this let's do that um i don't know i don't i don't really i try to make sure that one that the topic is catchy um relatable um, I try to make sure that it's not one of those individuals where, one of those topics where it's like, hey, like, you know, you got to know what you're saying. If you want to talk about the gun crime and the and, and what's going on here, I wouldn't throw an event talking about, you know, event talking about gun control. Once people hear gun control, they automatically turn off. You know what I mean? But if you can bring it and mention something with guns and talk about lives and stuff like that, you may be able to gather more uh individuals but i i always tell people i don't reinvent the wheel i think that in in this microwave era people will really want you to get to the point anyway so i encourage something fast and snappy something that grabs their attention um you know it don't have to even be matching words it could be just be one word you know what i mean it could be whatever it is it could be rhyming words whatever it is um i would encourage you to you know um try to seek and do it like i have another one called. Um, deceptions of reflection you know and people were like you know like who do you really see what do you see when you look in the mirror you know why do you see that you know what's making you see that you know what's going on and they were like oh yeah we gotta get it and when i have my drug program guess what it's called it's lit they're like, oh uh, uh, you know. I mean, it,
0: it, do, it do be lit though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? So it's 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 like I said, I don't reinvent the wheel. I take what's already out there. And just try to put it together like um, that,
0: that is, it's literally if you're smoking a cigarette or you know some other type of drug it's it's literally lit so.
1: yeah exactly so you know like i said you don't you don't stray too far about what you want to talk about you want to make it as relatable as possible um you know catchy as possible if if not you know if not anything or if you're not really good with that then just make it sure visually it looks like something that people want to read about Um. You know, something that captures the essence of what you may want to talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, or, or uh, you know, finding some other, some, using somebody else's topic and putting it in there, you know, bringing up what they've already researched and stuff like that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, if they already have somebody out here that's making some really nice topics and stuff like that and stuff like that, talk about the same thing they're talking about and include them in it. Give them their credit. You know, so it's just about getting the individuals to, um, you, um, because with me having the GED and the felony, I'm not exactly the first person that people want to talk to, um, Dan, especially in these times of days, they're always looking for those individuals with the degrees and the licenses and all of this other stuff. And then when I come in, I have to make sure that I, you know, I make my wow, you know? And it's like, oh, like, um, there's a lot of second chance programs out here. My program that I run is called the First Chance Program. And everybody was like, What do you mean? Let me tell you about it. You know, like it, it, it's, it's, it's what do you mean, the first chance? Oh, uh, well, let me tell you about it. Everybody didn't even have nobody, how do we even know they even had a first chance? You know, so just and just going into that. Um, so just being confident and, and being able to back up what you're talking about, like I said, not just with feelings, with facts least facts you know so um you know and getting those things together but uh yeah i don't really have no really like i told you i was a battle rapper in my past life you know so sometimes i just spit those bars it's just me it's just me but you know luckily for you you need to even do that you got me so you straight you know
0: so do you like do you plan it out or you just be like okay so here's a topic this is what i'm going to talk about and then you like just you know, you know, it's so funny, it I, do both.
1: I do both. Sometimes okay. I write the stuff and then I'll get the topic out of something I said that I was writing. Or sometimes I'll do like how I did with my boy, because he was saying that, you know, a lot of people were, um, I hope a lot of people were like getting speaking engaged, like getting them started and what they may need to do, especially when it comes down to like formerly incarcerated. I got like my own like little staffing agency damn near with individuals that I recommend to go speak. You know, and stuff like that, are places that I've already spoken at. You know, especially those that have like the every weekly thing, they're going to be one of the individuals to come. I ain't coming every week. You know what I mean? And other people have other stories to share that I'm sure the kids could benefit from as well. So I'm never one to be like, "Oh no, here, this." And guess what? With me doing that, sometimes I still get a check in the mail just for you know what I mean? Because they're like, "Hey, you sent us so many different great individuals." You know? So um, you know, I kind of just. Make sure that I, um, I'm connecting with those different individuals um, that, that are doing the work um, and seeing what they got going on. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I, I like I said, I mainly just do a lot of the stuff. It just sometimes it's reverse. Sometimes it's not. It's just whenever it comes to me. The weirdest thing, though, it does usually come to me like 2, 3 in the morning for some reason. Um I don't know. I'll just be up and I'll just be thinking about different things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put it together. And like I said, I just want to make it catchy. Like, that's what I wanted to do from bookings to bookings, Um, you know, because that's essentially what it went down to. I went from being booked in the precinct to going to the courts and stuff like that to now being booked to speak all across this country
0: definitely 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 inspiring and uh shit I forgot I was gonna say I've been late y'all <laughs> like I said I've been up since six so there's that um what was I gonna say oh my gosh um oh that's what I'm gonna say um yeah I don't I don't never practice what I'm going to say which I guess makes it you know more authentic and whatever else um mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of why I asked you know I've never, Oh, no, I've done a couple of speaking engagements. I've been on some podcasts and and a conference before. They were all like tech related and stuff. And I didn't practice. I was like, don't practice for I'm talking about myself. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Nice. But uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, do your research, know your topic, and you know, you should be able to talk about it. And you know, I only like to talk about things that I know about because I mean, like I said, it makes it so much easier. But um, but yeah, I mean um, you know, tell us where to find you, Andre.
1: Well, you can find me on my website, andreaparicio.com. Come and check me out. It has all my information there. You can check out my book, My Emancipation from Incarceration. It's on the website, um, Reform, ReLearn, Reentry. Um, and just let me know. Uh, reach out to me. Um, and you can also check me on LinkedIn, Andre Aparicio. I'm sure that she'll type all that in because I know Lenny I know how to spell my last name and it's okay. I don't even know if she knows how to spell it, but we're gonna figure it out.
0: Uh, look, I was like, I ain't gonna say your last name when I introduce you. I'm gonna be like, it's Andre, but I won't say nobody's last name anyways, because usually it's hard to say. <laughs> so, so there is that. Not everybody can be a Robinson, so there is that. Oh. <laughs> But uh thanks for coming on the show, Andre. Um thanks for watching y'all, listening, whatever y'all doing. Um, uh, subscribe. We on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, we on YouTube, of course, and we on Spotify and whatever your favorite listening app is. And my name is Elise Robinson uh with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. And uh see y'all next time. Yes. Oh,